Ariel Baska. Happy New Year and welcome to 2022 here on Ride the Omnibus. We start out the year with a episode that we hope makes you smile at least a little bit in the middle of the doldrums of the pandemic. We here at Ride the Omnibus are hoping that you find this program as enriching and nourishing to consume as we do to produce it. And I would love to give a huge, huge thank you to my wonderful co-host, Rabia Satabi, who has carried off so many wonderful interviews this year and has done such an incredible job. Thank you, Rabia. And today I'm delighted to bring to you the two editors who probably made me laugh the most out of anyone in the year 2021, the two editors who worked on Ted Lasso, Melissa McCoy and AJ Cataline. I'm so excited to talk to you because obviously you're working on this wonderful show that has really united the country, it seems, in this moment. And it's really extraordinary how you as editors are putting together as sort of the masterminds behind this giant piece of new television literature, really, that's happening. And how the two of you either... I'm sorry, let me back up. I have a quick question. How much do you collaborate with each other? And then how much do you collaborate with other people in the room at the same time? I mean, editing is a huge collaboration, uh, especially on a television show when and a television show like this one, where we have to, you have to watch the one before to get to the one after and so on and so forth. Like we build, we build on each other. So AJ and I did a fair amount of, I mean, we're in communication a lot about the different episodes and when we read the scripts and the things we're excited about. And AJ said to me a few times, like, Oh, I saw your episode, you know, and that makes me think of something I should do in one of my earlier episodes with a look from somebody and vice versa. Like, uh, you know, we watch each other's episodes and then that informs kind of some character choices we make. And then as we're reading the scripts, but then also we work with the directors who they're there on set and kind of know what the, what the tone and the plan was. And they kind of give us our first like ear to what was going on. And then we work with Jason and Bill. They really have the whole like arc of the whole show. So they're really great at guiding us to that final product to get that cohesiveness. So, you know, it's a team effort all around. It's filmmaking isn't a individual art. It's a team art. And that's what's been such a great joy on this show is that everybody's just delivering such beautiful work. And it's just an honor to be a part of bringing that to life. Like the actors, the, you know, costumes, the set design, the locations, the writing, every um, part of it is just a joy to see to come together. So then when it gets to our room, it's just already at that level. For me, it's just such a joy to have a hand in any of it. So I feel very blessed and joyed to be a part of it with AJ. Yeah, me too. Oh, we have a lot of fun, Mel. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been Zooming just on this season since we we started in January. Uh, but definitely, yeah, uh, picture editing, much like soccer, a game of collaboration for sure. Yeah, it starts off with me and Mel. You know, season one, we had the benefit of not being on as rushed a schedule. So we had all the episodes open. So yes, as Mel says, I was able to you know, to talk with her about little details in, in episode one, you know, like where Ted learns that soccer can end in ties. And then that comes back and plays in, in a huge way in, in the finale. So 
you know, Mel and I were both able to like crack, you know, reverse engineer some things to make sure that we get story the right story beat early so that it would pay off later. But yeah, we collaborate about music or which, you know, song are you using? Are you using, you know, this Stone song? I want to use it in, in my show. Um, oh, so you even get to collaborate on music. Oh, we talk a lot about everything. Yeah, we're, we're talking about music. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, character arcs. You know, what do you think of this? And, you know, and we're, you know, the story is unfolding for us as it's unfolding for, you know, the characters. You know, this is a show that's very much in the head of Jason Sudeikis. You know, he's the, the brilliant mastermind behind Ted Lasso and he shares it with the writer's room and then it gets shared a bit more when the scripts come out. So Mel and I are reacting in real time. Like, oh my God, did you read this? Oh, wow. Can't believe the season's going there. Yeah. At the same time, you you two are the ones who are determining what is the best of the best. Absolutely. That's yeah. the best part of being an editor is that we are sort of the final, you know, they say editing is the final rewrite. You know, the script is certainly well written. The actors are well rehearsed. It's well shot. But we are the final uh, eyes and ears, the final rewrite to go before it goes out to the world. And we get to do that process with Jason Sudeikis, with Bill Lawrence, and and then uh, as with a team of visual effects artists who are creating all those backgrounds that you see and so much visual effects in the show and the sound team and the music team. So we're very much at the center of that, like directing creative traffic and it's fun. I have to ask, in terms of the turnaround time that you have now in season two compared to season one, what is your average turnaround time right now? If that's not, I should reveal that, but it's close. Well, NBC wanted this to hit with coincide with the Olympics, so our air date was moved up probably a month sooner than it would have otherwise. So, with season two, we're we're on much more of a a rush schedule, uh, but we still find find time to talk to each other. Season one was a bit more a bit more relaxed. Yes, that's the what you get when you become a hit show. They want it faster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was rock star, rock star problems, right? Like everybody wants right. to see the next season, and like we want to bring it to them. And I, I've seen a lot of chatter online about you know people being like, "Why are they only dropping one a week?" And it's like we're still working. <laughs> we're like, still cutting the show. You wouldn't have it right now. You would have it in three months if you. Yeah wanted everything all at once. So, you know, I like, it, it takes all my strength to not be like, we're still working. <laughs> like, let it be a once a week thing and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. We're working yeah, absolutely. so hard to bring them to you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Putting well in a lot said, of blood, yeah. sweat and tears and not just us, <laughs> like our sound team, our VFX. Like there's so many VFX that people don't, you know, realize that this show is a really VFX heavy show yeah. and that stuff takes time and people's art and, and blood, sweat and tears. So while, while we want to bring it to everybody all at once, like, you know, we, we also, this is our, you know, for me, at least my, my baby, like all my Ted Lasso babies, I, that's what I call them. <laughs> I love them so dearly and I want to nourish them before I put them out in the world. And so that's what we've been doing season two. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of editing for comedy as well, I, I have to imagine that to make sure that the beats land just so has to be its own fine art form. I mean, how do you find crafting the comedy within editing compared to other genres that you may have worked in before? Mm. I would say the show is completely different as, as a comedy. You know, I, I learned as a comedy editor that you it's all about getting very quickly to the joke. You know, it's all about pace, pace, pace pauses are only left in when something kind of awkward happens and it's a sort of a comedic pregnant pause but in lasso we've developed a whole different language that that i credit jason sudeikis for teaching us uh you know because bill lawrence even said the same thing it's like com our show paces slower so that we go for 
a much more deeper joke. You know, and while we're going for a joke, we're also going for a, a feeling and you know, how the characters are reacting to the joke. So normally a lot of producers would cut you know, these pauses out because our show is long. We're a half hour show that's longer than a half an hour. <laughs> We've created a bit of a hybrid here. And, uh, you know, as you'll see as the show goes on, you know, Bill Lawrence made a funny tweet about this. We have episodes that are 45 minutes. And so, you know, Jason, because he wants to take his time with the moments, he, he often tells me, I'm just thinking he tells Mel to, you know, leave room for the inhales and the exhales in this show. So that just shows that he sees comedy a little different. People are going for the laugh, but also for a feeling. And that's what keeps them watching. So I've learned a whole new lasso way of editing on this project. And you feel that as a viewer, you experience exactly what you're talking about to get all of that together. But I also wondered in terms of what you've been doing, it sounds like you have a lot of editorial control over, you know, what use of music seems to happen, etc. There are all these common questions that come up about do you cut to the music or is the music a decision that gets made and then you play with it? Or how much of that do you guys actually have control over? I think a, a fair amount. I mean, some it's a mix of lots of things like um, some some pieces are scripted. Some pieces are scripted and stay in some pieces are scripted and don't stay in like I've had that happen where there's something that was scripted and I tried and it didn't really work. And so, um, you know, I keep that as an alt to always show somebody, but then I'll, sometimes I'll go to our music, uh, our music supervisor, Tony and Krista and, and say like, you know, send them the scene and say, this is what we're going for. But sometimes, you know, you're under the gun and I always am, I'm always listening to music. So I always come into a season with like a bin of music that I feel like, you know, in my off time, in between seasons, I'm like listening. I'm like, oh, if they did a scene with Roy and Keeley with this, this song might be good. And like, I compile, I, you know, I, I, I have a bin. And so we just have uh, like a big library in our avid of music. And when you're getting together your editor's cuts, it's really, you're under the gun. You only have a couple of days to get it at the end after you've got everything cut to, to deliver it to the director. So you're really trying to pull from anywhere to make these things amazing. I always like to have a lot of music just to try. I usually, I like to cut my scenes first and that, so I know that I have what I want visually and emotionally and what's going on with the characters and then try to put the music in. And if something's working, then maybe I might uh, massage it around the music if I like the song enough. Mm -hmm. But um, it's lovely. Jason gives us lots of control in that. It's like all, all the whole team kind of feels that way. If it comes, wherever it comes from, if it's a good idea, then let's go with it. You know what I mean? There is no egos really with it all. So like wherever it comes from, if it, if it fits the right, you know, moment and that that's such a Ted Lasso way, really, mm -hmm. like it's really embracing the Ted Lasso way in the editing room of like, let's come together as a team and best idea wins. And sometimes Jason comes up with a lot of the music and his, you know, his team, throws out Brendan Hunt, throws out music. So it's really a team effort of, because music is such a character in the show. Mm -hmm, so definitely. You know, it's an important part of, of our job of like getting that tone right with the picture. So we spend a lot of time working on that as a team. Yeah. Jason really knows a song when he hears it and he doesn't always know, but I think, yeah, when you try something and if he's feeling it, then absolutely uh, it, it will stay. And it's great to have a music team that makes those suggestions and, yeah, sometimes they list them in the script. Other times the writers will be like, you know, music cue, something good. <laughs> Mel, and I, Mel and I take it from there. But 
To answer your question, though, uh, generally the music comes later. We try to get the scene working on its own and the music supports that emotion. However, there are absolutely times where I've laid down the music and cut the picture to it. And a great example of that is episode 10, um, The Hope That Kills You, using Marcus Mumford's rendition of You'll Never Walk Alone. It was just such the perfect song to fit there. And I was so impressed that Marcus had done a version of that song. That song was very... Uh, relevant during the pandemic, you know, especially in England. Um, yeah. You know, they sang that song for the healthcare workers. And so um, I laid that song down and cut it exactly to those beats. You know, even the lyric, you know, uh, a sweet silver song of a lark appears when Ted is looking at his phone and sees the text from his son, Henry. You know, Henry is the, the silver sweet song who's reminding him in adversity to, you know, go forward and, you know, still be positive. So that when I laid that song down and cut it, it just, you know, I cried. And the notes I got back from the network was, oh, my God, we're crying, which is a great note for comedy. So, yeah. <laughs> do, yeah. do you have a favorite sequence that you cut as well, Melissa? I guess similarly is the end of seven with the Celeste song. That was one that I found in the off season where I was just cleaning my house and that song came on. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this song's amazing. And I just had it in the Avid and I tried it in episode five at the end when Ted lets his uh, wife go back to London and it didn't quite work there. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, put it back in the bin. And that's, I had heard um, Mark, we had found out kind of around that time that Marcus was coming aboard to do the soundtrack. And so I started listening to Mumford and Sons songs and then found a great Mumford and Sons song to put in that sequence, which speaking of like lyrics hitting, it was when Ted puts his wife in the car and she's leaving. It's like, think of, London and the girl you're returning, you know, that kind of thing. So it was really like one of those, that song was meant for that sequence. And when I cut the whole end montage, basically after Ted's panic attack and uh, Rebecca sends him off, he goes and signs the divorce papers and, and then Roy and Keeley have their moment and Rebecca's kind of having her moment, her thoughts about what she's doing to Ted and maybe what that's, how that's affecting him. And then, you know, Sassy shows up at Ted's door. There's like all these different bits happening at the end. And usually a song probably couldn't sustain all that time. But it was just, I was just like, well, what if we started the song, you know, right as he's walking away? And then I just kind of laid it in the sequence and it hit. Like even it like even went to instrumental, you know, parts of the song when people were talking. Like it was just one of those things where I was like, didn't really have to do much. Like it just laid in and hit all those beats for me. And it was just one of those magical, like when the editing gods take over and you just say, thank you for, for giving me this song. And it just hit everything, everything there with what was going on in that sequence. And it was just um, that, that episode's like really special to me. I really enjoyed everything in that episode. It was just such a powerful, emotional journey for everybody. And do you have a favorite episode as well, AJ? Uh, Is it the same one? Uh, probably my, my episode 110, The Hope That Kills You, because um, it all came together in that episode for me. You know, you have uh, a lot of uh, heartfelt comedy. You have the guys bonding together when they're thinking of trick plays. But then you have this amazing set piece, athletic comedic set piece at the end, which takes the show back to its roots being um, a ultimate, it, you know, it's, it's, it's American sort of laughing, you know, at the game of soccer and also laughing at ourselves that we just don't understand such a brilliant game. So... Ted is, you know, uh, does an American football play on the field, which is a little joke about American exceptionalism, exceptionalism in England, which the Brits maybe don't react well to, but they certainly would laugh at it. So that episode had all the 
roller coasters and hit all the the buttons for me. But I, I love the. I mean, episode the scene eight in the, the darts, the dads and darts scene where he's uh, playing darts with Rupert, and he says, you know, be curious, not judgmental. That scene was just brilliant to put together. So probably a tough call between those. I never asked me to pick which episode I like the okay, best. Okay, I know it's like always the hard. Favorite child, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes so, right, yeah, right. It really is. I always say it's like all my Ted. I love all my Ted Lasso babies. Yes. <laughs> so I, I won't make you go through yeah. Sophie's choice. I'm yes. Honest. And it, and if you're watching season two, it's Christmas in Richmond now. How can you not love Ted Lasso Christmas episodes? Well, and and I love that you're doing that too, because that's also a very British TV thing to do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Christmas specials. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's just wonderful. Well, I want to thank you both so very much for your time you. and your energy and everything you bring to the show, because it, it is a delight to watch on screen. Uh, thank, thank you, Ariel. Thank, you. thank you for thank you for believing and being a great diamond dog. Take care. Thank Take you. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of lands stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch. Mm-hmm.